You're listening to Solar Insiders, the fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers, with Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, who provide innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Sunwiz, Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy, as well as the EV focus website, The Driven, and One Step Off the Grid. And joining me as usual is Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics. Nigel, how are you? Great, sir. Well, good, sir. Uh, look, I'm great. Thank you. I'm great, great. sir. Thank You're you. great. <laughs> No complaints from me, Giles. Uh, you know, we're almost to spring. Uh, we've turned uh, the corner on the Equinox. Solar systems are starting to fire up and uh, we're starting to see awesome performance coming out of amazing solar systems with nice crisp air and clear winter, end of winter skies. It's, uh, it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty. It, look, and I've actually been looking at my solar analytics app. Look, how's this for an advertisement? I've been actually looking at it quite regularly over the last couple of days as... Um, as uh, just to sort of see what uh, what we're consuming, I can see a big um, increase in production from our solar panels. You're right; it just seems to happen all at once. And although it's probably been creeping up, but um, we were getting some good um, some good outputs recently. And um, just working when to turn off that electric heater, which seems to have gotten. I remember a couple of couple of winters ago, we hardly ever had any heating at all, and now we seem to have it on every night. And um, mm, not the best, anyway. Got to keep warm, though. Got to keep warm. That's called age. age. Oh, the old rickety bones. That must be it. That must be it. Anyway, cool. Um, Mate, what's happening out in the world? We've looks like we've got another inquiry coming from the federal government about rooftop solar. Um, The ABC. Did you catch the ABC? Did a whole series of um, stories on rooftop solar last week. Looked mostly pretty good, I think. But there was the one thing that Angus Taylor seems to have seized upon. Is the um, is this um, is this a sort of um, pay now? No, buy now, pay later um, thing on rooftop PV, and he seems to be using that as an excuse to have an inquiry into the rooftop solar industry. Now, um, that buy now, pay later thing is one of a number of things that we've kind of um, um, been talking about for for years, and particularly sort of you know door to door salesmen and. Um, panels being sold too cheap and too expensive or, or whatever and um, mm-hmm. a lot of different mm-hmm. things. But, um, yeah, it's a bit of a worry that this could be used for sort of other reasons to sort of, you know, knock back the solar industry, which the uh, federal government uh, hitherto has dared not touched. Yeah, well, you know, sort of, I guess, surprising but unsurprising in many ways, you know, out of all the things that Angus Taylor could be focusing his time and attention on when it came to the energy transformation, why he suddenly uh, stepped up, um, he must be an ABC viewer, which is nice, but, um, you know, why he suddenly (laughs) stepped up and demanded an inquiry, given all the other shenanigans that are going on. We'll touch on South Australia as a classic example later on uh, of a bit of a debacle that's emerging, I don't know. Um, It's also pretty easy, and we've reported on it. In 
fact, um, you know, if Angus was a regular listener, he'd stay abreast of all these important industry issues, Giles, because we've actually reported on many statistics, including uh, complaints you know, for, through a variety of forums, through um, the ACCC, through uh, statistics that have been released uh, from a number of federal agencies and state agencies around consumer complaint levels. And as a rule, consumer complaints, like technical complaints around solar, are on the decline. So, you know, uh, political point scoring, imagine that. Imagine that. Appealing to like a... Having... It's appealing like to some strange demographic that exists in the mind of liberal, you know, federal ministers, perhaps. I don't know. It's um, Angus Taylor's second anniversary this week, um, two years since he was appointed as um, federal energy minister. And um, I'm actually sort of compiling a bit of a score scorecard and um, doesn't look very promising, I've got to say. It doesn't look very promising at all. He might have to, uh, well, I have to say we have to repeat the first year, but I don't think we want that actually. No. <laughs> Just suspend no, him. No. <laughs> so I also I did notice that you know it's going to be probably the fastest inquiry in governmental history in eight weeks, uh, which is uh, intriguing to say the least. How they can actually raise and get an inquiry complete on a full investigation of everything that's been alleged uh, uh, in just eight weeks' time, uh, given how long these inquiries normally take, um, uh, sort of uh, you know made my eyebrow raise. But anyway, um, you know, obviously, obviously, Angus has got nothing else to talk about. No, well, that's probably right. Now, look, tell me about South Australia before we introduce our special guest for the week. Um, what's happening down yes. in South Australia? We've mentioned this last time, but um, mm. it's getting close to action. And um, look, my understanding is that this is the implementation of new rules which require new standards of inverters, but no one seems to have... Well, I don't know. You tell me. You tell us. What's what, what's the situation? Well, it's, it's more than that. Yeah, it's even more than that. It actually requires new metering. It requires some changes to tariffs. It requires changes to inverter firmware. Um, and so it's, it's quite far-reaching. One thing that is universal uh, across everybody involved in this is they all want the same outcome, which is terrific. Everyone is aligned in saying, we want a smarter grid. We want a more reliable grid. We've got generation assets here in in the form of conventional assets plus distributed renewables that can all contribute towards a more reliable grid. So no one's objecting at all uh, to the to the intended goals, the intended outcomes. No one's objecting, um, from what I've seen, uh, to to the techniques uh, that are proposed and the mechanisms that are proposed to to actually implement this. Um, however, the timing or the lack of time, rather, um, in which has been allowed which has been announced, is causing huge disruption. In fact, I saw the CEC came out today and described it as chaos, which continues in the SA solar industry. Um, you know, troubles for South Australia's beleaguered solar industry continue with new, new rules proposed by the state government, causing more chaos and confusion. Uh, the regulations are supposed to kick in uh, literally uh, from... Um, you know, the 28th of this month, which is in three days, with some more to take effect. Uh, I beg your pardon, sorry, the 28th of September. Um, but some of the rules actually kick in from the 1st, uh, so that is next week. Um, but no one really knows what's going on. Uh, from what I'm hearing on the grapevine, the South Australian government saying, no, 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 we don't want to interfere. We're going to let the market deal with this. The market can work it out. 
well, okay, that's fine, except that you're shoving some regulations and rules which aren't clearly defined. Uh, you haven't given anyone time to comply with those rules or understand them. Uh, in fact, you know, as the CEC said, the, uh, the regulations and rules remain unclear. So it's pretty hard for everyone to move or know what to do. And in fact, I was talking to a business owner only 15 minutes ago who said, we just literally do not know what we will be doing next week if this comes into play. Uh, we don't know who we're going to be working to, with or to. Um, the regulators and the Office of the Technical Regulator are unclear and still trying to work out what's going on. So um, um, fingers crossed for a rational outcome. Everyone wants the same thing, but you need to give businesses time to adapt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's um, it's a bit, it's a bit, um, bit worrying. So I think we'll um, try and investigate that a bit further. But um, even when the Clean Energy Council comes out and sort of says, um, predicts chaos and things like that, and things are clearly not going very well. Um, I just have to make my little shout out to the Clean Energy Council and thank them very much. Um, got an award this week. Um, <gasps> oh my goodness! To- I- <laughs> You what? You what, Nigel? You what? Anyway, look, thank you very much. I think you got this award a couple of years ago, and um, now it's um, it's um, it's the turn of renew economy, and um, and uh, look, it's just a great honour to um, be given this award. It came a bit of a surprise. I just got a phone call yesterday afternoon, and was told a piece of piece of glassware was on on, on its way in the post, and. Um, no, look, fantastic, and um, look, it's a it, it's great to be recognised um, for uh, making an outstanding contribution to the um, to the industry, and um, I think it's quite important in just sort of um, affirming the need for a strong and independent media um, that sort of keeps the industry honest, but also acts as a um, information conduit for the industry and writes about it, and um, we know that we're read by all the regulators and the politicians and the policy makers and the bankers and the investors and um, all the installers and um, all the other people. So um, appreciate the recognition. We're going to need to make a new T-shirt. It's multi-award winning Renew Economy now, right? Because this is not the first award that you have been blessed with, uh, my friend. Uh, I'd like to highlight to listeners that Giles and Renew Economy have actually taken out a number of awards over the years. In fact, I think if I remember back, uh, there was an awards night where I was very hopeful where I was sitting at a table with you and you took the award and I missed out. Um, So, (laughs) Which I could not think of anyone I'd rather lose to, Giles. Uh, So, yeah, huge congratulations to you and the rest of the team. There's a hardworking team of invisible people in the background uh, at at Renew Economy, but, um, of course, it's the wonderful... Um, persistence and dedication of uh, of you, uh, Giles, driving that ship. So congratulations to you and everyone. Yeah, thanks very much, Nigel. And look, just a shout out to um, our writers, um, Sophie Varath and Michael Mazengarb, um, Brady Schmidt over at The Driven, which is just doing fantastically well and has almost caught up with um, Renew Economy now on page views and visitor numbers, which goes to show the interest in EVs, which I'm sure we'll get to later. And um, also the people working behind the scenes, the producer for the, of this podcast, um, and Delaney, um, my children, Sam and Emily, who both help behind the scenes in, um, in keeping the back end going um, and dealing with the advertisers. And to all the advertisers who who, who join us and um, all the different people who have made um, voluntary donations to help us keep afloat. And um, we really do appreciate that. And everyone who comments, well, most of the people who comment on the website, I mean, I don't agree with them all, but <laughs> most of them are pretty polite. And, um, and that's great. And... Um, 
And look, also to our sponsors, and um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to um, pass on to one of our sponsors for this podcast. Let's hear their message. Planergy is an Australian-founded enterprise providing innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Planergy's innovative approach and engineering expertise gives them a unique edge to create the right base framework for all solar applications. Their range of high-quality products and services include PV mounting, ground mounting products, and solutions for residential, commercial and utility-scale projects. Visit clenergy.com.au and find the right framework for your solar application. And we'd like to thank all the sponsors of this uh, podcast, um, Sunwiz, Solar Analytics and Clenergy. And Nigel, I think it's time to bring in our special guest for the week. Well, for the what episode. a wonderful idea. Yeah, what a wonderful, what a wonderful idea. idea. Jim, you've been on mute for the last 10 or 15 minutes. Um, are, you, are you there? I am happily uh, listening away in the background, gentlemen. <laughs> Look, this is Jim Foran, the founder and CEO of PV Stop. Um, great idea from Nigel to to bring him on. Nigel, um, what's the plan? Well, the plan is let's let's dig a little uh, with Jim because last week we mentioned a story um, that I picked up on uh, on the socials, uh, published by Fire and Rescue New South Wales, that was highlighting some changes in the statistics and the fact that they'd had some recent fires. Um, and in one of those stories, uh, I happened to pick up an image of PV Stop, uh, Jim's product, which is used to help manage. Um, uh, PV blazers in the uh, in the unfortunate event that one occurs. Um, Jim, what on earth is the background here? Uh, when we were chatting earlier, you said that you know this has been your life for five years, and it's great to see the product being used. Tell us where it started. Where did it come from? How did you end up where you are here today? Yeah, well, um, it started uh, many many moons ago, probably about nearly six years ago, I'd say now. Um, on um, like a lot of uh, great inventions, uh, over a beer on a balcony on a um, Friday afternoon, and uh, that's where fate would have it. I I met a gentleman by the name of uh, Luke Williams, who um, Nigel, I think you know. I think you've known Luke for about twenty years, and uh, Luke uh, is one of the the pioneers of the solar industry uh, in in Australia, and um, I, I met him through a mutual friend and. Uh, it started with a discussion about how um, solar was growing and um, the, as were the associated risks. And uh, Luke had come up with uh, an invention that switched off solar panels at the source, um, which he could see that um, the industry was growing and was going to become mainstream and um, had the vision to see that this was going to be an ongoing issue. And uh, so... Uh, it was quite convincing on the story, and uh, at, at that time, uh, I ended up uh, coming on board with Luke, just uh, doing a bit of uh, business consulting um, on a part-time basis. And uh, the more I learnt about the idea and the concept behind PV Stop, the, the more I got hooked. And uh, after after several months of uh, really drilling into the opportunity, um, I, I, I uh, decided to put my money where my mouth is and. Uh, partnered up with Luke and, uh, and that's where the journey all started. So yeah, it, you know, as I said, took someone with um, uh, a lot of experience to come up with a, a simple solution to an otherwise uh, very complicated problem. And, um, and, and yeah, and it has grown to be 
um, a fairly significant problem for fire and emergency services agencies uh, around the world, not just here in Australia. Because uh, if you can imagine, uh, when, when first responders uh, turn up to an incident, the first protocol is to save savable life. And if there's no risk to life, make safe. So by make safe, isolate gas, isolate electricity. Um, but one of the issues with solar panels, as you know, as long as they're exposed to light, they're continuing to produce uh, DC electricity. Um, and the only way to really stop them at the source is to block the light. Light's the source of the power. And uh, put very simply, uh, PV stop is, uh, is a water-based polymer. You spray onto the panels and by spraying onto the panels, it blocks the light, isolates the power, and um, then allows first responders to, to um, uh, go from a defensive strategy to an offensive strategy, which uh, ultimately um, saves lives and, uh, and reduces property damage. Bloody hell. Bloody hell, Jim! That's that's a great pitch. That's a great <laughs> pitch. We're, um... <laughs> so tell us, okay? So there was obviously all the you know sort of R and D stuff and getting it ready for the market, and then working out who you were going to sell it to, and you've had five or six years of doing that. Where have you landed? You know, who are you trying to sell this to, and where have you had success? Yeah, well. Um... It's it really, geez, uh, if you had a couple of days, I could give you the whole journey, but uh, in the interest of keeping your, your viewers um, from going glassy-eyed, uh, um, or listeners, I should say, um, we, we basically thought the starting point was fire and emergency services agencies uh, because they are most at risk of being injured or worse at these type of incidents. Um, but once you get the, um, the buy-in of the fire services, uh, it, it's a much broader issue. It's because it's not just about uh, incidents that are caused by solar panels. That's where I think there's a, a, a bit of a misconception out there that, uh, you know, as we all know, a well-installed, um, you know, high-quality system will give you years of trouble-free op operation if you service it regularly. Um, but yeah, if they, they can um, deteriorate over time and especially after they've been uh, in the environment um, on roofs for a number of years, they can start to deteriorate. Um, so there's the, the first issue of uh, solar panels that cause incidents, but then there's a much broader issue where um, we're now looking at what? I think there's 2.4 million installations across Australia or approximately one in five houses. Um, so for every incident that's caused by the, the solar panel system, there are um, a number of, uh, uh, of multiplier more um, incidents where the solar systems might not be the um, source of the, the fire or the incident, but they can become involved in the incident. Um, and and equally in those um, situations, you need to be able to switch it off, make it safe, and then get on with tackling the incident. So, um, so yeah, it's not just fires, it's um, floods, uh, storms, hail damage, all, all of these can be contributing factors. So oh, our, our course, starting point was, yeah, so the, the starting point was kind of fire, fire and emergency services. But once you've got their engagement, um, you know, we, we, you start to get a bit of pushback where, where, they, where they say, look, why is all the onus on the fire service to make these systems safe? Surely it should be the responsibility of the system owner. 
And uh, when you look at our product, uh, you know, even if we, we get one can of uh, PV stop on every fire truck, that's enough to make a, a residential size system electrically safe. But when you're talking about the, the big systems on commercial, industrial rooftops, solar farms, um, a couple of canisters isn't going to be enough. So um, there, there's a pushback from the fire service where they're now looking for commercial and, and industrial uh, owners to have a, a risk mitigation strategy and potentially have some of the product on site ready for the fire service to, to utilise if there is an incident. So that's kind of where we're up to. We're, we're, we're getting the, uh, at the moment, um, Fire Rescue New South Wales, who are the largest agency in Australia, are trialling the product. Uh, ACT Fire and Rescue have already rolled it out. Uh, Northern Territory have rolled it out. And uh, I believe once we can get past this COVID thing, uh, uh, most of the other states will uh, start to, to fall into line as well. But um, ironically, like a lot of uh, uh, Australian innovations, we've actually had earlier and better traction overseas. So the, the first major fire service to adopt PV stop permanently, ironically, is the London Fire Brigade over in the UK, which uh, is uh, always no a bit of a wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a source of fun for me, you know, saying, God, do you guys actually ever get sunshine so that, the, you know, the systems work? But uh, <laughs> They actually have, yeah, actually, I think um, the UK's got more solar than Australia, believe it or not, in, in total, which is uh, it's pretty crazy stats. But, uh, but yeah. A lot, so a lot far, of big farms. Um, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's in, amazing, in Jim. And, yeah, beautiful. And so tell me, you know, I'm a system owner. Um, my dad's got a solar system. He's aging. Um, I might be inclined to go, geez, Dad, here's a Father's Day present that you probably don't want, but I think it's a good idea as your son. Could I? Can I buy a bottle of this stuff? Can the consumers go and buy a bottle and th throw it in the shed if they want to now? Yeah, look, um, we, we don't sell directly to the public as yet. Um, we may do that at some point in the future, but uh, if you can imagine, there's got to be some checks and measures around that. Um, I'm, I'm reluctant to sell it directly to the to the public because I've just got visions of someone, you know, a fire start, someone trying to climb up on the roof of a ladder and uh, all sorts of things like that. So, you know, it's got to sure. be uh, it's got to be applied by someone who's had appropriate training, who can do a proper um, risk assessment. So, um, we, when we do eventually go down that path, um, if and when we do sell it to consumers would probably be on the basis that it's in a locked box with a fireman's key, uh, so ready for fire or emergency services to utilise on approach because obviously they have yeah. the, the necessary training, et cetera, to be able to apply it safely. So, Jim, how would this... Lovely um, story. So, yeah, so, so, Jim, this is it's basically just a cylinder you use, almost like sort of the same size as a domestic sort of, you know, fire extinguisher type thing. Is, is that the sort of size we're talking about or is it just sort of, yeah. or does it sort of fit into something else? Yeah. Oh, look, okay. we, we, we make it, um, it comes, our most popular is the, is a nine litre, um, it's basically a water type fire extinguisher vessel. Um, and we make okay. sure that we use an Australian standards approved fire extinguisher vessel. So there's no question marks around the hardware that we utilise. Um, and of course, it also, that's a path of least resistance. You know, it, um, it's the same size as other canisters. So it fits onto existing brackets on existing vehicles. Um, emergency services already know how to use an extinguisher. So 
um, mm -hmm. the, the training's not that complicated, et cetera, et cetera. So that's our first delivery system, but um, we, we are actually very close to releasing something that's going to be pretty cool, which is uh, a drone delivery system for the product. So for your high-rise or dangerous to access or hard to access, um, we can send up a drone and uh, effectively crop dust the, the panels to, to make safe. Bloody hell. And um, that sounds pretty interesting. And, and, and so when you're doing – you talked um, earlier about bigger installations, commercial industrial in installations, and also I guess I presume ground-mounted installations. So what sort of size thing are you talking about there? What sort of thing are you looking at to deal with that? Because, well, um, yeah, you need, more than, you need more than nine litres, obviously. Absolutely. And, um, and we've, we've already – on, on like uh, using solar farms as, as an example, we're starting to uh, – we're starting to uh, communicate with some of the, or, or have been approached by some of the larger solar farms that have been impacted by uh, bushfire um, damage. So if you can imagine, uh, um, the, there's uh, giving an example, the Yarran Lee solar farm up in Queensland, uh, they lost a couple of thousand panels uh, due to uh, bushfire encroachment. So the, the real fire service turn up, the, the fire is approaching um, on one on one side of the of the solar panel farm, and of course they've got to treat it defensively, that, um, which means that you know they couldn't really attack it directly, and uh, a couple of thousand panels were lost. So in a situation like that, we can supply um, 50, 70, 90 litre mobile type extinguishers that you could whack in the back of a ute, literally drive down the rows, um, uh, making safe. On, on those boundary panels, uh, effectively making a safe fire break so that fire services, can, fire services can get in there and defend the site. So that might be one example where you use it on a, on a solar farm scale um, application, for instance. So on, on the back of a ute with a big hose, it sounds, um, yes, but, it sounds. <laughs> basically, that... but, also, but also that's where, that's where we think the drone uh, technology will really come into its own where but uh, it's a it's a big drone. It's a bit of a monster. It's uh, it's uh, can carry about 16 liters of coating, um, and can swoop down going reasonably quickly, and and uh, can do uh, oh, you know probably somewhere between uh, around 100 square meters um, per per tank, and you can actually have a couple of drones going in in unison so that as one's reloading and another one's covering so you can uh, have pretty much uh, perpetual coverage if you've got a couple of drones for instance and, and how easy is it to, i mean you, you put this sort of this stuff on the um on, on the panel so how easy you've got to remove it afterwards i mean how easy is that yeah well um it, it dries very quickly um uh, an ambient temperature of around 25 degrees celsius it's uh tack dry in about five minutes and, and creates a waterproof coating that's not only de-energizing the panels but if for instance the the panels were on fire the the coating is actually fire retardant so it'll extinguish the flames in its dry state it's non-flammable so it'll offer some form of protection um and uh yeah once uh, all is uh, the incident is over it literally peels off like a, a big uh latex sheet without causing any damage to the system um, and uh, as you can imagine because it's used by fire and emergency services government agencies etc we've had to go through the absolute ringer 
on um, on testing uh, environmental credentials. So it's been tested by EPA New South Wales um, and poses no threat to the environment. It can be disposed of uh, in its dry state in normal garbage waste. Um, it's, we've done PFAS, PFOS, PFOA testing to ensure there are no nasty chemicals that can bioaccumulate, which has been an issue with firefighter foams in the past. So yeah, if you can imagine that that whole testing regime was uh, was about a three to four year journey just in itself uh, before we could legally even sell the product. Jim, uh, I'm going to jump in here and, and just ask one final question and then we probably better wrap up so that we can finish uh, the rest of our show. But I, I, I'm not aware of anything else like this around the world. And the fact that you've started off exporting to other countries kind of suggests that, that is this is this an absolutely unique product? Is there nothing else like this in the world? Um, at the moment, no. And, and one thing that we did very well early on is um, we, we patented the, the technology. So it's not, uh, we didn't patent the coating as such. We, we patented the method. So it's the method of rolling, brushing or spraying or coating of solar panels to isolate their electrical output. So we, we've uh, spent a fair bit of time and money securing that all over the world. So effectively we're the only ones in the world doing this yeah that is such a magnificent story it's <laughs> it's uh as, go on girls it was and look it, it's, it's it's a great story yeah and um as i was uh, telling the mute button beforehand uh, before you kindly stepped in <laughs> um i was uh i was uh i was, I was fact checking your claim about the yeah. uk being uh, having more solar than australia and look it's true i actually just um the, the immediate data i could find with the data with, with the google search was um 13.1 gigawatts at the end of 2018 and it would have grown since then and look australia if you combine the uh, rooftop solar and the large-scale solar it's probably getting pretty close to that level now but um and the other astonishing fact was 117 gigawatts of solar in Europe, which is about you know geographically the same size as Australia, but obviously with a significant, um, significantly higher population, probably uh, 10 or 15 times. But um, just goes to show that um, how much solar there is around there. But um, look, once again, congratulations, Jim. I mean, fantastic. And um, yes, there's 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 an awful lot of solar out there in the world for um, that would need fire protection. So um, good luck with it. Yeah, well. Well, it's been, it's been, as I said, it's been quite the journey and uh, um, based on the, on the foundation of the London Fire Brigade, where we've got a lot of traction in Europe at the moment and uh, we had a fairly exciting milestone um, just a few weeks ago. Uh, the, the Swiss Fire Service picked up the product and then um, the week after we actually got the, the, the New York Fire Department picked up the product. So all these, that's all these, a massive all these sunny uh, places. Changer. <laughs> all these sunny places out there. Fantastic. <laughs> Maybe they just got a little fire. Yeah. Oh, good on you. Yeah, Congratulations. So it's, it's exciting times. Fantastic. Yeah, thank Fantastic. you. Good on you. Look, um, hang around for a bit, um, Jim. We're just going to wrap up with the rest of the show. Um, just going to move on to batteries and then EV news. Um, Nigel, you had a bit of a scoop with the CSIRO East Pen Ecoult battery. Um, 
there's um, the recall that you talked about last time um, happening in New Zealand has, has now been extended into it Australia. Is which is, um, it is unfortunate. It is unfortunate, right? really? And um, I'm, I'm glad that we picked up on this, and thanks to um, old solar dog uh, Rob Biviano for um, bringing this to my attention. Um, good on you, Rob. Um, he was battling on behalf of a consumer to uh, to see what he could do to help a customer out and brought it to my attention too. So thanks heaps, Rob. Um, and, um, you know, the timing was quite amazing for us to talk about it a couple of weeks ago, Giles, and then, you know, only a week or so later to see the recall extended to Australia. It was published by uh, the normal um, channels where, under which a recall would be announced, so all those consumers will be being notified. Um, and I saw the CEC put out a statement uh, notifying uh, its members as well this week. So, yeah, uh, sad times for what was a promising technology. No doubt we will do some digging over the coming weeks and months, Giles, and try to find out a little bit more about um, what quite has gone wrong there. Um, look forward to knowing more about that. But uh, certainly if you know any buyers or owners of Equalt battery systems out there, um, uh, certainly get them to get in touch with their installers or have a look on the recall site to understand what their options might be. Okay, indeed. And um, Nigel, it's just one week away from your test drive in the Harley Electric. On. On you don't get in a motorcycle, you get on a motorcycle, Giles. Uh, and it is, it is. Oh, what, what, what did I just say? What did I just say? If you're really in, into it, if you're really into it, in. <laughs> I probably did actually. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's only a week away. I actually uh, dragged out the helmet and put the uh, put all the electronics that are embedded in my helmet, my microphone and and uh, headset and everything else on charge for the first time in a long time, and uh, dusted off the old leather and I uh, have to put some dubbing on the boots this week. But um, the information's been flowing through. We now know it'll be a, uh, a hosted ride. Uh, so, you know, we'll be kind of following a, following a bunch of people around. Uh, don't know heaps about it yet. There is a bit of a launch event, which is terrific. I'm really looking forward to that and hearing what... Uh, Harley-Davidson uh, staff have to say about it. I uh, have got my interview questions at the ready and will be submitting them in the next couple of days uh, so that I can hopefully bring an interview. And everybody has made me promise uh, to record the sound of it. So uh, I think the next episode, um, you can just blank me out and we'll just play the sound of the Harley-Davidson live wire in the background for the entire episode and everyone will be happy. It'll probably be the most popular episode we've ever done. Um, so what um, is um, your, 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 your leathers, Nigel, because you are representing um, the driven and, um, you know, um, renew economy when you're actually doing this. Mm. I mean, um, they're, 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 you say the boots are dubbed. I mean, it's not white leather, is it? I mean, you're not going to embarrass us that way or anything like that. And, uh... <laughs> Suitably scrappy. Don't worry. Suitably scrappy. Suitably scrappy. And what's, what's, what's written on the back of your jacket? Uh, I actually don't have any logos on my jacket, but when I pulled my helmet down, uh, I don't have any colours or tags or anything like that. But on the back of my helmet, I do have a glow-in-the-dark sticker that says 100% electric. Very fitting for this ride. I oh, suspect I'll fitting. be pretty quick. I'll, I'll, expect I'll, I'll be pretty quickly tagged as, oh, it's one of those electric guys. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how everybody reacts. But, look, I think everybody's going to be there, eyes wide open, uh, desperate to learn and, and, and just ride bikes and have a great time. So uh, can't wait. And next episode uh, we should have something in the bag to, uh, to share with listeners. 
Fantastic. And, mate, um, I, I hope you're going to be wearing your um, your Solar Insiders T-shirt and maybe take a couple of spare because um, they'll all want one. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt at all. Thank you very much, Nigel. Hey, Jim, thank you very much for joining us on the um, on the podcast. And uh, once again, congratulations on your fantastic innovation. And um, look, um, all the best for just the Australian market. And um, and um, as, as, as the COVID rules eventually relax um, to the international market. So fantastic to hear. Yeah, thanks for that, Giles, and uh, and congratulations on your uh, CEC award. Make sure you put me uh, down for one of those t-shirts. Well, that'll go down to the expenditure review. <laughs> look, th- thanks once again, uh, Nigel. Um, Nigel, thanks once again, um, and uh, look, have fun on your test drive thanks, next Bob. week. Look forward to hearing about it after that, and um, thanks to all the listeners. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors, Sunwiz, Solar Analytics, and Clinergy, and um, thanks for all your feedback, guys, um, on the podcast. Um, thanks to all those who sent through congratulations to me on uh, my award, and really appreciate it, and hope to get back to you all individually. But there's been a fair few coming through the door, so I shall be busy this evening and tomorrow doing that. And um, we'll be back again in a fortnight with a re-electrified Nigel and another exciting podcast. Bye for now. Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clenergy, the providers of high-quality mounting systems for residential, commercial and utility-scale solar projects. With in-house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's new partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world-leading solar software platform. Run your business at maximum velocity with pro setup, training and assistance. Visit sunwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.